Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. Good morning. Good morning. I'm loving it. Live Moss. Just do it. What's in your wallet? Bet you can't eat just one. These are all popular slogans and taglines of our day. And essentially, they're all trying to sell us something. They're selling us the idea that that product or service is going to radically change our lives. So much so that if you don't go to Burger King, you cannot have it your way. Without Allstate, you are not in good hands. <laughs> As a matter of fact, if it weren't for Duncan, America would be in shambles because America runs on Duncan. <laughs> if we were to give the ministry of Jesus a tagline, a slogan, I would say it would be, come, follow me. Come, follow me. We would never follow someone who will willingly take us down a wrong path. But this whole understanding of following Christ is predicated on who Christ is. That's what it's totally dependent on. It's because of who Christ is it makes sense for us to follow Christ. And St. Mark, when he begins his gospel, begins, by, begins with explaining this question. He begins his gospel by telling us right from the very first verse that Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus is the Lord. He is the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. He is the beloved Son of God. And he is the one who is bringing the kingdom of God to earth. With all of these things in mind, when Jesus says, come, follow me, it takes on a whole new meaning. It shows us that his life, death, and resurrection can truly give us more than what we could ever imagine. When we begin to follow Jesus, we begin to fashion our lives after his. His priorities become our priorities. His affections become our affections. His mission and purpose become our mission and purpose. In Matthew chapter 25, Jesus tells us what the coming of the kingdom of God will look like. He tells us that on his right hand, there'll be those who are righteous. And he'll say to them, when I was hungry, you fed me. When I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. When I was in prison, you visited me. And the righteous will say to Jesus, Lord, when were you hungry? And we fed you. When were you naked and we clothed you? When were you thirsty and we gave you something to drink? And Jesus will say to them, what you did for the least of these, you had done it for me. Following Jesus is more than coming to church. Following Jesus is not a rigid set of rules. Following Jesus is not a code of conduct. Following Jesus does not mean that you're perfect, nor does it mean that you have your life together. Following Jesus means accepting his gift. When it comes to the business of our salvation, Jesus made that a group project, essentially. And a lot of us have been in group projects. And generally, the common consensus is, 
Well, the, is that we hate them. <laughs> we hate group projects, because there's usually one person who slacks, and that one person gets the same reward as everyone else who did all the work. Essentially, that's what Christ did for us. Because of Christ's work, the A that Christ got, if you will, has now become our A. The praise that Christ gets to live in, we get to live in that with him. We get to live in the reward that only Christ truly deserved. And because of this, we get to do the work that Christ does. We get to work on bringing healing and restoration and purpose and bring the kingdom of God everywhere we go. Kingdoms, as N.T. Wright tells us, grow by the power of conquest. We see this throughout history. And even in games, when you look at chess or checkers, whatever the case may be, Monopoly, the objective is to grow your kingdom by conquering someone else's kingdom. However, the kingdom of God grows differently. The kingdom of God grows by the power of self-giving love. This is what Jesus did. Because of this self-giving love, we can now rest in Christ's love. This is amazing because we no longer have to chase. We no longer have to chase acceptance, money, power, or even love itself. Because the Bible tells us nothing can separate us from the love of God that is revealed to us in Christ Jesus. When we look at Jesus, we see the love of God. A love that is too great not to follow. Many of you know I grew up in a uh, Baptist tradition. And one of, the, one of the customs in this tradition was to have weekly revival services. Essentially, a host church would host various churches throughout the city or county, and every church would be assigned a night to go to that host church. It was September of 2002, and it was my church's night to go to said host church, and I wanted absolutely nothing to do with it. Why? Because Thursday night SmackDown was on, and I didn't want to miss it. I would have much rather watched Stone Cold or The Rock do their finishing moves on their opponent than to be at church that, Sunday, that Thursday. As I got there, I went ahead and sat down. We were late, but sat down, and then the preacher began preaching. I was so angry that out of spite, I was like, you know what, I'm going to fall asleep. Hopefully he'll see me and sit down, right? This is my, my thought process. <laughs> I need Jesus. <laughs> And then when I woke up, he was still preaching. I was livid. In my mind's eye, I'm thinking, you can be boring or you can be long, but you can't be boring and long. Pick a struggle. <laughs> and then the service went on and finally the service ended. And in that tradition, we would pass the peace at the end. And I remember someone who was probably in his 40s or so. He extended his hand to give me the peace of Christ, and quite frankly, I wanted nothing to do with the peace of Christ. <laughs> and 
And as I was entering my parents' car, I felt something deep down in my soul saying, what on earth did you just do? What on earth did you just do? And I remember feeling a sense of relief as if, as if I had a great sense of clarity at that moment. And at that very moment, obviously as my mom was, was choosing some choice words to help me out, set me straight, but at that very moment, I realized that all of my efforts to be a good person, to, um, to live this Christian life, to even love God, I cannot do those things without Jesus. I cannot do those things without his grace. I cannot do those things apart from his love. I realized that at that very moment, that all of the secret things that I had done and all the idols in my life, that they were keeping me from pursuing Christ, from following Christ. And slowly but surely, God began to prune those things out of my life. Not to say that wrestling or gaming are bad things, but these were idols in my life. And as I began to follow Christ, Christ began to substitute some of these things with his word in my life. And that's when I began to slowly see that this call, this slogan to follow me was not just an empty slogan. It was not just something that, it was not something that I could ever do on my own. But I began to realize that this call to follow me is a life-changing invitation. And Jesus is constantly extending it to us every single day. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.